Again, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Wassalatu Wassalam, Ala Rasulillah. So we've heard a lot already about um, the, the, the problems that we're facing, the different aspects, how a lot of the problems that we're facing are indeed, you know, what we would term structural, and we need to think about it beyond the limited scope of just saying, well, it's about torture, or it's about wars. In fact, you know, even the algorithms that we're interacting on a daily basis through our Google searches are problematic and things that we need to think about. And, you know, mashallah, Dr. Latif, he really, um, I think, brought us to a very good point, which is to say that it's not just about the issues that we personally face in our lives. It's about the whole range of issues that we see in society. You know, we can't talk about Guantanamo and, and be concerned about social justice without thinking about things like food banks, for example, and what leads, you know, uh, people within a so-called developed country to have to go to a food bank and collect free food. So all of these issues are are important to think about. Um, now, our next speaker uh, is uh, Brother Shukur Rahman, uh, Ustaz Shukur Rahman, who has a traditional Islamic education from Syria, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia, and specializes in the field of Quran, uh, theology, and jurisprudence. He has a master's in applied linguistics, and he's the senior advisor at the Islamic Council of Europe. Now, uh, before Brother Shakur speaks, I want to read out the, uh, the lesson that I thought related to his topic, which is uh, lesson 17. Listen for dangerous words. So Timothy Snyder says, be alert to the use of the words extremism and terrorism. Be alive to the fatal notions of emergency and exception. Be angry about the treacherous use of patriotic vocabulary. And the reason why I thought about this lesson in particular is because Brother Shakur is going to talk about the narrative and the mechanisms of oppression. Like, how do we identify, uh, you know, what, what almost the vocabulary of an oppressor is or what their mechanism of, of oppression is? How do we identify who these people are? And then how do we respond to them, especially from our own traditions, from the Islamic tradition? So, Brother Shakur, if you could please come up and join us. Zakallah khair. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa sallam wa sallam wa sallam praise belongs to Allah. We praise him and we send Allah's peace and blessings upon his final messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now firstly, every single one of us knows the famous hadith where the Prophet ﷺ passes on his legacy to every single one of us and tells us that it's not for a particular section of our community to stand up against what we see of any type of a dhulm. Whatever it may be, the Prophet ﷺ, as we all know, said, مَنْ رَأَ مِنْكُمْ مُنْكَرًا فَلْيُغَيِّرْ Whoever sees from amongst you, any single one of you, if he sees an evil, then he must change it and order a command from the Prophet ﷺ. And then the Prophet ﷺ says, بِيَدِهِ Let him change it in the most active way possible, which is with your hand. And if he is not able to do so, And then let him at least reject it with his speech. And if he's not able to do this, then at least let him hate it with his heart, and this is the weakest of faith. We know that this obligation upon us is the thing which has made this ummah 
the greatest ummah that will ever be present on this earth. As Allah said, كُنْتُمْ خَيْرَ أُمَّةٍ أُخْرِجَتْ لِلنَّاسِ تَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَتَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ وَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ Why did Allah in this verse actually specify ordering the good and forbidding the evil over believing in Allah? Because this is specific for our nation. There's no way that this nation can stand up and see evil and then keep silent about it. This is a mandate from Allah upon every single one of us. There must be something that we're actively doing. If we don't, we're actually passively agreeing to the dhulm that is present around us. And in the communities and the societies and the world that we live in right now, we're becoming desensitized from all of the dhulm around us. We don't even recognize it as dhulm anymore. It's become the norm. And this is because we've neglected this obligation which is upon every single one of us. If we're not actively rejecting this dhulm, if we're not actively doing something about it to change it, then we've actually internalized it, accepted it, and then allowed it to spread. Now, dhulm in itself has two components here. You're taking the right of someone. You're abusing someone. But there's something greater than that, that many times we don't even realize. It is we are accepting someone to be brazen and bold in manifesting their disobedience to Allah. That is the greatest thing that we should reject. Allah has made it so powerfully stated in this hadith Qudsi, where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, Inni harramtu dhulma, sorry, the Prophet Sallallahu says that Allah says. So it's not the Prophet Sallallahu speaking. It's Allah speaking. Inni harramtu dhulma ala nafsi. This is so, such a treacherous and horrific thing to do. Dhulm. Any type of oppression. That Allah said, I made it haram upon myself. Allah made it haram upon himself. How dare you do it? It's so evil and vile. Allah obligated staying away from dhulm upon himself. How vile and evil it is. And you're going to do it? You're going to stand in front of Allah and challenge him and say, yeah, I've got no care for you. And a person who stays silent upon any type of dhulm is actually endorsing that dhulm, is actually part and parcel of that dhulm. And it's far worse than that. What we're feeling now of this oppression and it's spreading all over the place. The Prophet ﷺ, he actually mentions, in the nas idha ra'aw the people, if they see the zalim, the oppressor, and they recognize the oppression. Yeah, you might be excused if you didn't recognize that particular thing as oppression. That's why there's people there to remind you. Hang on, this feeds into that. And that's what it causes. And the consequence is dhulm for not only you, but for a whole generation of people or the whole of humanity. You might be excused. But it's so bold and brazen right now, there's no excuse for any one of us. What's the consequence? If you see it, and then the people, what do they do? They leave the dhalim to oppress. They don't take him by the hand. They don't stop him and prevent him. What's the consequence? That Allah will cover them all with a punishment from him. Allah covers them all. 
Why? They were all complicit. They were all complicit in that dhulm by not actively rejecting it. Now, when we think about this, every single one of us has a role to play. Some of us can speak, some of us can write, some of us have been given skills, some of us have been given money, some of us have been given influence. There's something that every single one of us can do. If we don't do it, we have failed in our obligation towards Allah. Forget anything else. Towards Allah, we have failed in the obligation that He has mandated upon us. If you're not doing something, you've accepted that dhulm. You've given it a rubber stamp. How could we give a rubber stamp to someone coming out so bold, not caring, let alone humanity, not caring that Allah doesn't count and I can do as I please and therefore I can oppress anyone I want. The ridiculous nature of this, a Muslim accept it. How can a Muslim accept it? The legacy of the Prophet not only the Prophet every single Prophet. If you look at the story where Surah Al-Qasas, where Anas, he recited for us at the beginning. What was it? The legacy of every single Prophet. There's always a tyrant. Spreading dhulm, establishing dhulm. There's an establishment behind that dhulm. And then Allah sends a messenger to correct that dhulm, to stand up against that dhulm. What happens? Yes. It's not an easy time. There's going to be oppression. There's going to be a challenge. There's going to be that war between good and evil to establish justice. That's the sunnah of Allah. That's what Allah wants from this ummah, specifically. So that the way we look at the whole issue is, there's no way of eradicating it. But the mandate upon us, the legacy that we have been handed down from the Prophet ﷺ, from Adam ﷺ, in fact, what Allah wants us to establish on this earth is do something about it, that which is in your ability and capacity. If you fail from that, then realize that Allah is not going to excuse you. He will make you part and parcel of that dhulm and therefore you deserve the punishment or some of it in this world and perhaps in the next. It is that grave. It really is. So some of us, if we have influence, we need to speak up against the dhulm that we see. Whether it be Trump, or whether it be some other tyrant, or whether it be on a small individual level. If we don't do it, we failed in a huge obligation. A huge obligation. Something that Allah has distinguished this ummah, this ummah specifically, such that he described us with this statement, Kuntum khayra ummatin linnas, because you do this. So if you don't do it, you don't deserve the legacy of the Prophet. It's as simple as that, and as grave as that. May Allah forgive us our shortcomings and enable us to stand up to every type of dhulm. I think, uh, you know, part of what 
uh, Ustaz Shakur is saying is that, you know, there are all of these kind of mechanisms of oppression that exist, and we have a we have a role to play in relation to that. But at the end of the day, we're individuals, right? And as individuals, we have our, our own personal ethics and that we have to kind of uh, abide by and think about and be responsible for. And so the, our next speaker is going to speak about a very important matter in relation to that. But let me just introduce him first. It's Imam Shakil Beg. Uh, he studied Islamic studies.